want to get vaccinated, that's your choice. But don't think you can get on a plane or a train besides vaccinated people and put them at risk. We will continue to be your single source of truth. Welcome everyone to episode 50 of the Wake Up Podcast. I'm doing something unique on this episode. It's been, Jesus, it's been a couple weeks since I've introduced or produced anything or released anything. Can't speak fucking English anymore. Um, I've been busy with Amber stuff, uh, but I'm going to get a bit of help with this podcast now and I'm going to start doing some things a little bit differently. So as you note, today I do not have a guest. Today, it's just going to be me ranting. And in fact, today's episode is going to be kind of like a throwback. I have an old video of me when I was at the Value of Bitcoin conference, the virtual one in May. I believe it's May of 2020. Could have been June, but it was somewhere around that time. It was in the early days of the lockdown while I was still stuck in Europe. And this video never got published because... I was supposed to speak about one thing and then the night prior or whatever it was. I mean, I was on like, you know, trigger, trigger fest central down during that time, because as most of you remember, I was railing against not only the lockdowns, but, you know, the stupid BLM protests and all this sort of stuff, all the virtue signaling that was coming out back then. So anyway, I get on this uh, virtual conference and I went on this mad rant beating up the state, uh, beating up on some idiots who had, um, who had covered like, you know, the, uh, what, what was it? It was some, some, it was some virtue signaling crap, um, by a Bitcoin company, which just really rubbed me the wrong way. So I said my piece and apparently it was too toxic. Apparently my language was too strong for some people. And apparently there was people that were offended by what I had to say. People like Obi from CoinFloor, Mr. Technocratic Socialist or whatever the fuck he calls himself, you know, what, what I would prefer to call a fake Bitcoiner uh, with a fake Bitcoin company. Um, you know, he's sitting there typing saying, oh, you know, get this guy off the stage. You know, look, he doesn't know what he's talking about. We need to wear masks. We need a social distance. This is a pandemic. We're all going to fucking die. Here we are 18 months later, motherfucker. We're still here. So, Anyway, before I get on a rant and a ramble, this episode is going to be a throwback. I'm going to do a quick intro now. I'm going to roll the main episode, and then I'm going to come back and give some commentary uh, on what I had said, because it's really interesting to go back. Like, it's been almost 18 months since I did that. And, you know, everyone, I, I just still remember the comments. They're like, oh, it's, it's, only, it's like for the greater good. And, you know, it's just... We, we need to do this. We need to be strong together because we have to get through it. It's like, shut the fuck up, man. Once we cross that line, we, we, you know, the, we move towards tyranny and the path towards tyranny just gets faster and faster and faster. And we, we need to draw that line early. You need to kill the monster while it's little. And very few people seem to have the balls to want to do that early on. So I'm going to come back and give some commentary. I'm going to remind people of why Bitcoiners exist. We are going to inherit the earth, the meek. And 
think I've said this in a previous podcast, but you know, Jordan Peterson said this really, really well, is the word meek was probably mistranslated or didn't mean back then what we associate with it now, which is, you know, weak and harmless, etc. You know, meek was really what, what it meant when they said the meek shall inherit the earth is the meek are those who have swords, who know how to use them, and who choose to keep them sheathed. They will inherit the earth. And they are the Bitcoiners. They are what I would use in my language today, 18 months on, the remnant. So I want to remind you that Bitcoiners have the power to boycott. We have the power to boycott products, services, people, bully those fucking retard statists out of Bitcoin. And even countries, man, like, you know, that Lord Fusatua fake Bitcoiner as well, who because of his own personal health inadequacies, thinks that he can mandate what other people should put into their body. I don't stand for that shit. So intro, I'm gonna roll the video, and come back, give some commentary. We'll see whether I was extreme or whether I was on fucking point. And not to blow smoke up my own ass, but this reinforces the importance of why you stand strong before you get thrown in the fucking gulag. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you think this is a good format and you would like me to do more of these, like maybe every 25 episodes, maybe every 50, maybe every 10 episodes where I do like a rant like this, or if you think I should do some shorter videos where I go and hit some topics that are more philosophical, uh, we'll do it. I, um, I decided to dress in a singlet again, um, or a tank top, whatever you want to call it, because I was dressed in a tank top back then as well. That's all I was doing um, during that period. So I hope you enjoy it, and I'll see you on the other side. Alex Wetzky. So let him welcome, let's embark on stage. Well, <laughs> Alex. I'm here. Okay, <laughs> this is quite surprising. <laughs> Good, good to see you. Um, I guess you have uh, some slides prepared, or um, uh, you no slides? I mean, no I'm, slides. Yeah. Okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna scream and shout at the camera. <laughs> okay, um, sounds good to me. I do a quick introduction. So, um, Alex is a writer, investor, and ten years technology entrepreneur. Um, he is the founder of uh, a DCA app called Ember, um, based in, in Aust Australia, but now expanding all over the world. Um, he's a student of, or he says he's a student of math, um, history, physics, uh, anthropology, and of course, money. And he refers himself to himself as a Bitcoiner. Um, toxic, and toxic. Toxic Bitcoiner, okay. <laughs> Good, um, important addition. So, um, Alex, uh, have a lot of fun on stage. Um, cool. uh, and we are off now, so the stage is yours. All right, fantastic. Um, well, since I don't have to share a screen, um, everyone who's listening, thank you again, as usual. Um, if, uh, if anyone that is listening has um, seen me on Twitter for the last couple of days, I have been ranting. Um, more so than usual because um, I'm a little bit fired up. <clears throat> Part of that may be because uh, they're reopening gyms tomorrow and I'm maybe psychologically getting prepared again to lift some weight. Um, could be that. It could be the fact that I've grown a beard and, um, and I'm chucking a Tom Hanks from Castaway. I don't know what it is, but um, there's, there's, there's some funny things going on in the air. And 
I was I was inspired last night um, in in the wrong kind of way um, by a stupid comment from a um, from a Bitcoin company that I won't name because uh, I'm really disappointed with um, with their take. But it was a comment about you know. Uh, Bitcoin fixes a lot of things, but um, you know Bitcoin doesn't fix this. So you know, let's uh, let's talk about Black Lives Matter. And I, I clearly was enraged, um, and I kind of put up a tweet saying, "What kind of ridiculous moronic virtue signaling is this?" Um, you know, it is it is focusing on the wrong part of the problem. And and I'm going to just dive into that because the the further I go down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, um, the further I dig into uh, understanding how uh, the state functions as a as an organised um, parasite. Well, you know, organised is probably a kind way to um, to describe these monkeys. But um, let, let's just say it's a parasite that lives via the um, via sucking on its host um, through taxation, through inflation, through self. Um, self-endowed laws and rights that any participant of the state can have whilst the rest of us plebs um, and peasants um, are apparently not allowed to have. So, you know, some simple examples that come to the top of my mind are, um, you know, they can just print money um, because they want to, you know, and, and money being time and energy. These guys are literally um, able to supposedly create time and energy out of nowhere. But, but if you and I decide to go and uh, print some money, um, we are immediately tossed in jail because apparently that is uh, illegal. You know, it's, it's counterfeit money. It's made up money, um, but they get to do it. Um, alternatively, you know, if we go and coerce somebody, um, you know, through what's known as racketeering and take somebody's money um, or their stuff, um, we go to jail, whereas the, the government apparently... Uh, legalizes themselves to do it um, via a process known as uh, taxation, where um, they forcefully, and the reason I say forcefully is um, because if you don't pay your taxes, guess where you go? You go to jail. So so they take everyone's money, um, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60% of everyone's uh, money. And then through their incompetent uh, misallocation of um, they manage to spend half of that on paying themselves and the layers of uh, bureaucracy along the way. Um, then they probably take, you know, another 30, 40% of it and pay um, military or, um, or law enforcement agents who, um, who themselves are above the law and above uh, any moral agency. Um, and then, you know, maybe the balance, they, um, they build more roads. Um, and, you know, a couple of hospitals here and there. Um, so it's, you know, so, so you've got that second piece. And then, you know, violence is also another interesting one. You know, if, um, if the government uses violence, it's, um, you know, the, the go to war, you know, it's for the motherland or, you know, we're killing the terrorists, um, you know, we're, we're bombing people. Or, you know, if it's internal, it's uh, law enforcement agents who, um, who have the right to put their neck on somebody's head or shoot them before asking any questions. Um, or, or whatever other force um, or f forceful use of violence they choose to um, to participate in. But if you and I do that, if you and I go to another country or to another jurisdiction or to another region and we kill someone, guess what? We're going to jail. So what I want to get people to is, you know, and, and I ruffled a lot of feathers saying that, you know, it's none of what's happening today is about 
Black Lives Matter. Um, you know, because if that's if we're going to be stupid enough to to take a surface level approach to um, to the ridiculousness to the ridiculousness that's happening in the world today, um, we we are going to just run around in circles and um, and start uh, blaming each other uh, for skin color instead of anything. You know, because th th there's two problems here that I'll that I'll address. Number one is. Uh, Black Lives Matter is extremely racist. It's a stupid thing because, you know, what, what about uh, do Palestinian lives not matter? Um, what about the Falun Gong in, um, in China who were, um, who were taken by the Chinese Communist Party, um, have their organs harvested while they're alive and then killed because they um, believe in a different religion than, um, than the, the Chinese Communist Party? What about the, um, the Sikhs in India or the Myanmar Muslims? Or what about the people in the Balkans? Um, you know, do, do what, what about the white lives in, um, in Poland, Russia, and the Soviet era, you know, the 100 million people that died during the 50s, 60s, 70s? Um, do, do they not matter? Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, so, you know, it, this, if, if we take a racist view on the ridiculousness that's happening in society today, all we're doing is, um, is actually playing right into the hands of the statist morons that, are, that want to... I guess perpetuate the the divide and conquer meme, which is let these clowns, um, which is all of us, uh, fight amongst each other um, based on stupidity like religion or skin color, or um, or you know gender orientation or sexual orientation or whatever other you know way that we're deciding to marginalize ourselves today and you know call ourselves a minority. Now the reason Bitcoin fixes this is because economics fundamentally is race, religion, belief, gender, and politics neutral. It does not care. Economics is the study of time and energy, and particularly in the context of human action. And human action and people's ability to take time and energy and produce something, to do something, you know, to add value to society, to have some sort of input, does not care, nor does it know, nor does it recognize race, color, or any of that stupidity. What does uh, fundamentally is, guess what? Politics. And what we've done in the world over the last, Jesus, uh, for a very long time, I, I don't even know how long we've been doing it for, but um, call it thousands of years, is, is we've been politicizing um, things like economics. Instead of economics today, being about something sound, a bit, uh, being about the, um, the raw uh, objective measurement of time and energy, we politicize economics through this Keynesian framework of being able to dictate how time and energy is allocated via a central party, which is run by a group of people, which is fundamentally and inherently a political thing. It's not a natural, organic, economic thing. Economics is natural and organic. Economics is, again, it's this distributed, organic, natural, interconnected network of human beings who are performing some sort of labor, work, using their time and energy, which are these fixed universal content, uh, fixed universal constants that we're able to then trade and interact with. This is what we're not being taught in the world. And this is why politics and statism is the real virus that is um, occurring in the world today. This is why uh, that stupid tweet um, that I saw from that moronic um, Bitcoin company yesterday with their even more ridiculous um, social media manager, um, why it made me angry because you know Bitcoin does fundamentally fix this. 
Bitcoin doesn't care what color you are. Bitcoin doesn't care what gender you are, what race you are. Bitcoin doesn't even give a crap if you're human. You know, Bitcoin doesn't recognize any of that sort of stuff. It is fundamentally raw economics. Bitcoin is a fixed supply entity, thing, medium, unit, object, you know, whatever you want to call it, good. Um, and the only other two things in the universe that we know of that are like that are time and energy. So for the first time in history, we have a monetary unit with its own monetary system, this economic base that maps directly to time and energy, which are the two things that cannot be co-opted by a group of morons, um, i.e. humans who want to politicize things. So yes, Bitcoin does fix this because it removes the need for us to politicize the, um, the mechanism of interaction, communication, and exchange that human beings have, which is economics allowing us to collaborate based on uh, measuring our time and energy in the form of work. So, um, so it really, it really got me worked up yesterday and, um, and, and I really want to, um, to implore people to think deeper when, um, when they see stupidities. I guess the other thing that I want to really touch on is, um, uh, I saw a really funny meme and I don't know if I can share my screen, but, um, I'll, I'll post it up on Twitter. So for those of you who don't follow me yet on Twitter, jump on there. It's A-L-E-K-S-S-V-E-T-S-K-I. I'll post this later, but it's a, it's a meme of Dr. Evil picking up the phone to that crazy secretary that he has in um, Austin Powers saying, um, fear of corona is on the decline. Switch back to racism. And she's like, switch back to racism. So th th this is literally, you know, the, the state is just, you know, playing games and, and people who, you know, are so, I guess, uh, lazy and don't want to think a little bit deeper about, uh, you know, the, the harder topics, you know, let's just throw the word racism around because that's an easy topic to talk about. You know, it's, it's really easy to see the difference between people's skin and I'm intellectually lazy. So I'm just going to point out that as the problem, the real problem, let's face it here again, is the state. Um, Three, four months ago, people were, um, you know, calling me an asshole and a moron and whatever other name because I was advocating that people don't stay inside, that people don't get locked down, that the state shouldn't have the right to tell you as a free individual what you should and should not do with your time, your energy, nor your health, nor any of that sort of stuff. I believe as human beings, we have a single human right. We don't have any other human rights except for this one human right, and that is the right to choose and now that right cannot infringe on somebody else's freedom of choice, which is extremely important. So when we have the right to choose, we should be able to go out and make the choice. Now, here we are in a situation, and again, I tweeted about this the other day, is people have been locked up inside their houses for the better part of three months. Um, they've lost their jobs, their businesses. Um, they've lost meaning and purpose in life because, you know, they don't know what the hell they're doing. They're, they're going stir crazy inside. They're, um, they're given a measly $1,200 or maybe five grand if you're in Germany or, you know, whatever crap that they, you know, piddly crap they gave you in other countries, you know, feel sorry for the people in the Balkan countries and stuff like that. They've got nothing, um, and forced to stay inside with curfews. Um, whilst on the other hand, you know, there's trillions of dollars being printed and you've got the NASDAQ back at, you know, all time highs. You've got, um, all the tech stocks, you know, back beyond all time highs. You've got, you know, like wall street is 
business as usual, you know, the market has recovered, you know, everything's fine, whilst 10, 20, 30, 40% of the population is um, unemployed. You know, th this is what's firing people up. Um, then you've got uh, a moronic media who feeds off sensationalism, who feeds off trying to make um, things that aren't really problems into problems. You know, so, so for those who think that um, the death of uh, one guy at the hands of cops um, is where the problem is, and now all of a sudden that this is a white versus black problem, that this is some sort of racial problem, uh, absolute morons in my book. It was the state enforcers that killed this guy. In fact, they probably killed another roughly thousand people this year, if not more um, at this point in time. Um, every year they kill a couple thousand people. Um, since Trump, since Obama, you know, there, there was enough black people dying, you know, no, nothing's changed. You know, the state allows that to happen because they have a monopoly on the use of violence. So then the state locked everyone down and drove everyone crazy. And then the state issued themselves a bunch of, um, you know, promissory notes and, you know, shit coins. In other words, US dollars or euros or whatever the hell else. They issued that to themselves and their crony friends and, you know, they um, made a bunch of money while the rest of us got poor, broke, destitute, dumb, stupid, pale, and white inside of our own houses. Um, of course, people are going to be mad. Um, but, you know, what makes me angry is that, um, you know, that there are idiots out there who will, instead of uh, attacking or pushing back at the aggressors, who are, as I've said multiple times now in the state, um, they go and attack their fellow citizen uh, who's a different skin colour, or they go and burn down the local business who's been there, you know, for I don't know how many years, maybe one or two years, maybe 10 years, servicing the community and doing the right thing. You know, that's not on. That's absolute stupidity. So coming back to my initial point that um, Bitcoin does fix this is it does. Bitcoin fundamentally defunds the state. You know, we're all idiots who are staying inside the normal system by continuing to, um, to fund the state by continuing to pay taxes, by continuing to bend over every time they inflate the money. We are allowing the parasite to feed off us. Now, I know that we've all got jobs and we live in the real world and, you know, you can't just flick your life off and then all of a sudden flick your life on in Bitcoin. So I understand the practicality um, of having to transition out of that. But the most important thing we can do and the most powerful form of protest that we can do today is to defund the state by buying and holding Bitcoin and getting opting outside of this system, getting the hell away from the madness that and, and the and the craziness and the oppression that the state decides to perpetuate. And 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 it may not be, you know, tinfoil hat conspiracies that, you know, they're here to enslave us. It's just a parasite's imperative to continue to grow and to continue to survive because if it's not growing, guess what it's doing? It's dying. And no organism, whether state or natural or anything like that, wants to die. So it will do everything it can to continue to survive. But this is a zero-sum game. In order for it to survive, we must be bled dry. So what I implore you all to do is to wake up, buy Bitcoin, hold Bitcoin, educate yourself about this. Learn about concepts of voluntarism, of, um, of, of libertarianism, and try and understand things better before you um, run around and, you know, give the world your, um, your uneducated, shallow opinion. So um, anyway, that's, um, that's my rant. I didn't prepare any other talk for this. Um, I was supposed to talk about Bitcoin and halving and everything, but, you know, let's call this, 
you know, Bitcoin fixes this. Bitcoin is the vaccine to the virus of the state. So um, I hope you all enjoyed it and got some value out of it. Um, thank you so much, Alex. Um, this was quite a rant. Well, I think it, it resonated not so much with everyone in the audience, uh, as I can see from the from the comments. And uh, I totally understand that uh, uh, use of strong words uh, sometimes can be, uh, ha yeah, can can be can be can be tough um, but uh, let, let me summarize what you what you actually want to try to tell um, the audience uh, and please tell me if I'm wrong but what you're saying is uh, actually that um, there is a problems uh, there is a problem with uh, governments uh, in terms of uh, that they are too big that they are growing out of um, out of control um, and probably one reason is uh, because they are able to print money in order to um, to subsidize or to to pay for uh, for this growth this 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 uh, internal growth and you kind of articulate this as a as a form of cancer or virus um, and you basically say that uh, you that everybody has a choice to uh, do something different here and to to um, to take to take control back in terms of minimizing uh, the role and the the tasks of governments uh, by voting for Bitcoin basically and therewith disable them to print their own money is this correct look this is um this is a big part of it I, I just have a fundamental belief that human beings are good okay and I have a fundamental belief that human beings should you know are born free to choose um, you know things that they want to choose I don't believe anybody has the right to tell somebody how to live and nor has the right to um, to leech from them um, and you know th this is fundamentally what um, the state does what governments do they, they need to leech um, in order to subsist they have to expropriate resources, consume a large proportion of the resources, and then redistribute the balance. And doing that, and, and by continuing to support that, we're going to continue to go around in circles where we've got a situation where um, uh, through politics and through policy, um, people are, um, are quote-unquote oppressed. Whereas if we strip all of that politicization back and if we strip all of the statism back and if we go down to raw economics, um, time and energy is, and Bitcoin fundamentally representing time and energy, mm -hmm. is uh, race, politics, religion, agnostic. It doesn't recognize any of those things. So you don't have any of those problems. You, you remove that. But as soon as you start politicizing economics, as soon as you start politicizing money, you open the door for all of these things to become a problem because some group fundamentally has to be in power. And whether that group is black, white, orange, green, you know, yellow, gay, lesbian, whatever, it doesn't matter. At some point, there's going to be a politicized uh, discrimination because one group is in power and the other is not. So mm -hmm. what I'm advocating is to remove the ability to do that. And that's why Bitcoin could do it. But you're also actually saying that that voting is is not enough power an individual citizen can um, can obtain or is is not enough like like the the, uh, the the power by voting is is not enough in order to uh, no. facilitate uh, in, in a fair environment for everyone. Absolutely not. Like the, the, the most important power we've got is our economic um, voting power. And our economic voting power is a reflection of where we choose to spend our time and energy. Mm -hmm. And that is an economic decision. So if we choose not to spend money somewhere, we are not supporting something. The problem with voting inside a state apparatus is all we're doing is we're going to move the, um, 
the balance of power to just another group. It doesn't solve the problem. So all we're doing is we're empowering a subset of people in society with um, a, a level of dominance that nobody else has. And that, that, will never, that will never solve anything. Probably because I give up my power by voting to someone else and I can't take it back, for example, for four or six years, depending on the, uh, on the um, implementation of the uh, government. Yeah, well, absolutely. So, so that's, that's definitely a high level problem for it. So, you know, first of all, like, you know, I'm a big advocate of the idea of localism. Like I would support the United States completely breaking down into the disunited states or the independent states mm -hmm. of America. In fact, I would then support it then breaking down in from 50 states down into, you know, 100,000 cities. Um, okay. Because then what people can do is they can voluntarily self-organize. And then in those communities, in those cities or whatever the case is, people can agree to a set of rules that they want to live by. And if they don't, they should be able to opt out and go somewhere else as opposed to being born into something where, um, you know, you have to abide by this. I didn't, um, I, you know, I didn't get a choice when I was born. I was told that I had to be an Australian. I had to pay taxes. I had to grow up in a certain way and all that sort of stuff. I had no choice. I was not able to, to, um, uh, liberally do that. You know, the, 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 the Uh, freedom was a facade. And, you know, when, when you have these um, smaller, uh, if this smaller decentralized, localized infrastructure, you know, and, you know, I don't want to sort of toss around the word decentralized too much because it gets, you know, uh, thrown around by a lot of scammers. Different but, understandings also. Yeah. So, but, but fundamentally, like de decentralizing society, localizing society, people then have the ability to vote with their time and energy, with their money, because if they don't like a particular jurisdiction, they can piss off somewhere else. Um, but at the moment, what we, we what we are is we're tied to the notion of the um, of the nation state, where we get this veneer or this illusion of choice, which is you know you can you know I can place a vote on something, but then you have no granular ability to choose anything else. You know, once you vote some party in power, then they. Um, apply all of these policies, which you have no say in, or you've done it, you've had a say in a group. Probably, I mean, in, the, uh, in, in Europe, we definitely experienced something like this uh, with the EU, uh, where uh, probably uh, the majority, or more than the majority of the uh, citizens don't really understand how this, this uh, laws come into place and uh, why those regulations exist. And typically, it's, it's not really beneficial for the, the individual on a, on a local level. Um, Michael, do you, do you, uh, Michael, do you have Uh, there's no questions here. Uh, I do, but we only have one minute, and it's, it's a quite. Let's go with one then. Question. Okay, uh, it, it's it's a it's a bit philosophical. I, I like the rant quite a lot because um, uh, maybe I don't agree, but it just shows how philosophical Bitcoin is and how you really need to think through a uh, lot of concepts uh, when you think about Bitcoin. But about the freedom of choice, isn't there a paradox in that in that for example when i decide to go out uh, and to let's say during corona crisis and i meet someone else like of course i'm not going to start cuffing in someone's face because then i infringe on, upon his freedom to mm -hmm. uh, to have a healthy life now that's a very direct consequence if i decide to go out and meet other people and then indirectly uh, contaminate other people then that also means that um, capacity in the hospitals and so less people to access those hospitals. So how, how, do, you go, how do you go about these indirect uh, yeah, consequences of your choices that you make? Uh, well, 
the consequence of going outside and taking that risk, um, you know, you need to then, you need to individually weigh up the risk of that. So me, for example, I have zero uh, care um, for going out and getting corona. In fact, I would love to get coronavirus because I know my immune system can handle it. So I can make, take that risk uh, by myself um, and do that. So if I'm a person who's able to choose to go outside I need to know that I'm taking the risk that something may happen to me, right? Um, and now, again, in a in a world where um, you know one must pay for um, for healthcare, for example, you will think twice about this. You may be someone who doesn't feel very healthy, or may be someone who doesn't feel like um, oh, my immune system can take this corona thing, or you may be freaked out about it. So, guess what? You will make the choice, the voluntary choice of staying inside. Nobody has the right to tell you what you should and should not do. And everybody that is outside will in some way, shape or form have made the decision to take that risk. Now, those who haven't thought about it and potentially get sick, well, guess what? It was their fault for not thinking about it. But those who did thought about it and get sick, well, then they better do something about it. And, it's, you know, I have not seen, we, we saw maybe, you know, three, four, five hospitals get um, overwhelmed. But by and large, most of the time, none of the hospitals have been overwhelmed. There's empty hospitals all over the place. There's people being sent home because nobody actually got sick. This was not a quote-unquote pandemic. Human beings have been living with viruses for millions of years. And furthermore, even if it did kill a couple million people around the world, even if it killed 10 million, 20 million, 30 million, who cares? People are dying every day from much worse diseases all the time. And we don't sit there and stop the entire world over every little thing that happens. You know, we haven't stopped driving. We haven't stopped flying. We haven't stopped, um, you know, worrying about, you know, cancer, AIDS, and the myriad of other diseases that exist. But for some reason... We've been able to um, force people to give up their livelihoods, their meaning in life, their, their, their time and energy, their lifeblood that's gone into building something, whether it's a business, their job, their career, to throw all of that out without a choice to take the risk on themselves. Um, and then we're wondering why people are losing their minds and out on the streets um, rioting. It's moronic. Okay. Uh, Michi, you can go on with your other question because uh, Elizabeth still needs some time, as I just heard. Uh, did that answer the question now or no? Uh, it did, it, it, to some extent, because uh, I, I was wondering, I mean, it's a, it's a Bitcoin conference, so I, I don't know if it's uh, fine to, to go on with this, but um, I, I don't, like, if you, if you make the trade-off between uh, the risk that you take do you also take into account the risk for society as a whole? Because of uh, course yeah. you, you won't be, you, you might get the virus and, and yeah, that's not too bad because you're young, you're fit, you will survive this for sure. Uh, but then if you um, hired other people, if you hire the chances for other people to catch this virus, other people, do you take that into account as well then if you... Absolutely, because the people that are going to be most likely to get it are people who've also decided to take the risk and come out And meet with me. I'm not going into somebody else's house. I'm not going into the elderly's place. Mm. So, so those guys, th those people can choose to self-isolate. That's up to them. So, so the people who are going to build up a herd immunity and go and get this are the people who decide to go out. Sweden's a perfect example. They didn't do a lockdown. They just limited visitation to um, nursing homes. They limited um, festivals above a certain number of people. The clubs, the bars, the restaurants, all that stuff's been open. They don't have any cases. You know, they're lower than the rest of Europe. But people voluntarily should be allowed to choose that. You can't force upon somebody else the, um, the mandate 
to stay locked up in your own house. So at a societal level, yes, I completely believe that we should all go out. And the people who go out and do it, you know, like, look, there's some people who are less sensible. You know, there's going to be people who go and kiss and spit and do all that sort of stuff. And guess what? In a free society, we have to be ready to, you know, absorb some damage because I would much rather live in a free society because the society that is safe, clean, clinical, where there's no freedom um, and is, you know, locked up in a box, well, you might as well go to North Korea because that's, you know, where you won't get any freedom, but you'll get maximum safety because they had no case of um, coronavirus. So, you, so you, need to, you need to pick your poison. Like, I would much rather have a bunch of people who are reckless die, oops, you know, and the hospitals, you know, hey, they got overwhelmed for a little bit during a peak period, oops, some people died. People have been dying since the beginning of time. Like, it's part of the cycle of life. This is what okay, happens. I think we need, we need to change the topic because the chat uh, is already uh, in the chat. Uh, people are already going crazy and <laughs> starting to debate about Corona. And uh, this is obviously a Bitcoin conference. All right. But anyways, <laughs> um, so uh, we are still waiting for Elizabeth. And uh, I have one Bitcoin question for you, Alex. Uh, which uh, I actually wanted to ask Sven, but we didn't have the time. And uh, But it, I think it's also a, a good question uh, for you because uh, you were saying that uh, the measurement of economic activity uh, should be something which should not be diluted, but which should be a, a fixed measure. And um, obviously a lot of people in the Bitcoin space think Bitcoin can solve this um, yeah. because it's absolute scarce um, or it, it comes near to absolute scarcity. Um, I think this is uh, from, from my conversations uh, with different kind of people. Um, it seems like uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of people have problems to, to really understand uh, that uh, real scarcity can be valuable um, and if it's being used as a measure um, but because they say hey I can I can create my own coin right so um, I can just create my own coin and say this is scarce um, but uh, what is your take on this I mean what what makes Bitcoin different why is it even more scarce than than other assets um, or um, why is it even scarce at all? Okay, well, let's, let's first just establish the importance of scarcity. So, you know, when, when human beings understand value uh, in any way, shape or form, we value is inherently tied to things that, which is, uh, things that are scarce, to, to that which is scarce. So if we think about, um, for example, you know, something you really value a lot, could be your mother, your father, you know, your brother, your sister, um, a good friend. The reason you value them is that they're fundamentally unique. They, they are, by definition, scarce. You know, you can't print another one of your mum. You can't print another dad. You can't print another brother. So we, throughout history, have, um, have uh, defined value through the lens um, of scarcity. And the most fungible um, uh, unit uh, of um, the, the, the most fungible and scarce units, sorry, that, that we've ever known of is time. And this is why people say, you know, time is the one thing you can't get back, you know, like I would trade, you know, blah, 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 to go back in time, all this sort of stuff. So, so we inherently understand how valuable time is. Now, uh, how that ties back into money is, is you know, money is this, um, this tool that we use to measure um, our output, our work, our labor. Um, so the time we invest to produce something for others or to bring value to others. 
Exactly. And, and now, but, but it doubles up because you've got energy as well. You know, you can't just print energy out of nowhere. You know, we don't, we don't have that. So we spend time and energy as human beings on a daily basis, every single day in what we do. We, we, we trade that for something. That, that's how we as human beings can collaborate. The, the one language that all human beings can collaborate on, what I like to call like the fabric that permeates all of society is money. It is time and energy. It's how we interact amongst that. Now, we all do different things with that time and energy, and we have to trade it for something, for some unit that we can collectively all um, store, transact, and then measure other goods and services in. So then what we need to do, so if we follow that line of logic, then we need to have a money that has attributes that um, can best map back to time and energy. Um, now, Gold was the closest we got throughout history because it had some unique attributes, you know, unlike shells. Like, for example, we used shells for, for um, quite a while uh, in, early, um, in early ancient times. And, you know, I, I'll just give you a perfect example why scarcity is important with shells. Let's say you worked all of your life somewhere in inland Europe and you were paid in shells and you built up all of these shells. You thought you were a millionaire and then you retired and you went to the beach. Um, what happens to your wealth? You know, all of a sudden you're broke because everybody else has shells um, and shells over there aren't used for money because it's this abundant shells crap everywhere. You know, it doesn't really map back to time and energy, which is a scarce resource. So we evolved slowly by slowly and as a society converged onto this object, this yellow shiny rock that had some unique attributes. You know, gold is the only inert um, metal, the only inert element on the periodic table. It's, um, it's available everywhere. It's very scarce to find. You can't create it out of something else. You can't print it out of thin air. So it's, it's possible to forge. It's scarce. To it's got all these beautiful attributes which allowed us to, um, to kind of represent our time and energy in an object. Now, where we are with Bitcoin is we've had the advent of this, um, this digital uh, unit on a on its own digital monetary network, which has a set of rules that all participants who decide to opt in um, can use. I, I saw an interesting um, meme the other day. You know, so these people that are like, "Oh yeah, well, you know, I can just create my own Bitcoin." Well, that's fine. You know, you can go and uh, take chess, for example, the game, and you can create your own version of chess. But guess what? Nobody's going to play that with you. You know, you're going to be playing chess by yourself, and that's not very valuable. That's that's not a place where economic value can accrue. So the beauty of Bitcoin is it's got these fixed set of rules, which people at different levels of participation, whether it's miners, whether it's nodes, whether it's merchants, whether it's users, whether it's hodlers, whether it's traders, we all collectively agree that these are the rules that we're abiding to. So when we voluntarily opt in to use Bitcoin, we get to uh, benefit from that fixed supply amount of Bitcoin, which then if I translate that back to time and energy, guess what? We have a form of money that maps to time and energy, which by definition is now the perfect money. And this is why there is no other copy that, um, that will ever you know, solve what Bitcoin solved. This is, this is an interesting point you're making and probably uh, for everyone who's, who's more interested in that, uh, we will also have two presentations tomorrow, the last two ones uh, from Giacomo Suku and Jörg Hamstorff about the scarcity of money and, and how uh, important this is and why Bitcoin uh, probably is uh, the ultimate scarce resource um, we have um, compared comparable to, to time. So thank you very much, Alex. Um, it was a, was a great time having you on and. Uh... All right. Welcome back. <sighs> it's, it's actually in a way it's frustrating to, to go back and watch. So, so, so let, let's, let's recap. 
So I was obviously triggered by the, I think it was Aubrey, whatever her name is, Audrey or Aubrey Strobel or whatever from uh, from Lolly. That, that was actually, I didn't want to mention the name back then because I was like, fuck these guys, they don't deserve any publicity. Um, but I'll say it now so people remember because my old Twitter account got nuked and my little rant about that kind of the fake virtue signaling, which really pissed me off because, you know, you'd expect that from a loser Silicon Valley company like a, like an Uber or, a, you know, like a Deliveroo or, or you know, all, all those kind of companies like, you know, your, your Googles and your Facebooks and all that sort of stuff. But to see that from a Bitcoin company really pissed me off. And guess what? Guess fucking what? Black Lives Matter. Um turned out to be a communist movement, right? Where the actual founders came out to be like pro-fucking-Marxists. And not only that, they raised all of this money from guilty white people. And then they went and bought a really expensive house in an affluent area full of white people. America. Fucking great place to donate your money. Great message for a Bitcoin company to be perpetuating. Like, a lot of good Bitcoiners felt that. Like, I, I remember Seyfedean and Giacomo, I mean, myself, Francis, like, not only were we railing against the stupidity of the lockdowns, but the fakeness of this movement. And I remember, like, while I was in, I was in Berlin at the time, and there was this girl that I was, that I was trying to date, uh, or that I was trying to go on a date with, and you know she was busy. She she had to go to the to the protests. And she sent me this photo of like, oh, I thought I I thought I saw you at the protest. And I was like, <coughs> you wouldn't see me dead at a protest, at a dumbass protest like this. And um, and she got offended. She's like, oh, th- 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 this movement means a lot to me. I'm like, why? What are you guilty about? Have you have you spat in a black person's face? Like, were you fucking racist? No, but but the institutional the fuck are you talking about like they're the kind of people like here we are 18 months on right the world's been locked down people lost their fucking jobs their livelihoods their families their careers their businesses their very meaningful life and not only that you know now they're losing the property right that they have over their body like bodily autonomy is going out the window based on what a set of bureaucrats believe is right and you know like for something that they publicly admit doesn't inoculate you but you must put it in your fucking body because we said so like the dumbest people in society bureaucrats and politicians are now giving you health advice because you're vaccinated doesn't mean that you won't get infected that's why we could not let that family go and visit their baby but these same people that were out there you know, waving their Black Lives Matter banners and not using masks, right? Because apparently Black Lives Matter protests were immune. If you guys remember that, they were fucking immune to the virus at that time. Um, But then, you know, the next protests that came out, people who didn't want to be locked down, they were the fucking super spreaders. Like the level of hypocrisy was madness. But, you know, my question to you is, how many grandmothers, how many innocent men, women and children have been arrested fucking pepper sprayed shot with rubber bullets beaten up with batons run down by horses run over by fucking cars 
absolutely brutalized by the state for their own safety. How many of these fucking losers from the Black Lives Matter protest do you think stood up? You know, did, did you see, you know, Lolly or Aubrey Strobel get up and talk about that? No. That's what you call fucking hypocrites. It's disgusting, it's pathetic, and guess what? I was right in the beginning, thank you very much, and I was right now, 18 months on. Like, it turned out to be a Marxist movement where they stole the money, they kept the money for themselves, they didn't give anything to the black community, they didn't give a fuck. Um, and on top of that, the real problem with what happened with George Floyd was that the state henchmen, like the teeth of the state, the police, killed a motherfucker for practically no reason, like because he counterfeited some money. But, you know, the state can go and counterfeit as much money as they want, and that's fine. But if you do it, you're fucking dead. They did that. People went out. They, instead of stopping for a minute to think who the actual enemy is here, like that it's the state, it's got nothing to do with race, gender, uh, skin color, or any of that horse shit, but that it's got to do with the state versus the free individual. And, I mean, here we are. The state is putting, like, stomping on people today because they're out there saying, hey, hey, man, can I fucking work? You know, can I eat? Can I go and get some oxygen? Like, this clip here. I literally am standing here eating like a bag. No, not all right. How are you meant to calm down when people are doing this? In Australia now, it's illegal to go and get oxygen. You know, you walk down the street and you get beaten over, beaten up by fucking five cops and arrested uh, because you can't go out and have smoke. I mean, not that I smoke, but hey, what the actual fuck is going on? And where are these Black Lives Matter people? They're, um, they're inside. They're watching Netflix. They're eating Uber Eats. Um, they're yelling at the news. You know? They're, they're like literally the NPC meme. Um, and they're calling the people who are now fighting for their actual fucking freedom from the state. They're calling them grandma killers. Bigots, misogynists, right-wing extremists, fascists, whatever the fuck word they want to use. Just because somebody wants to take their own bodily... They, they, they want to respect their own bodily autonomy. They want to make a health and medical decision on their own. Um, and they want to go and work. The hypocrisy is it's just, it's so deep. It's so real. It's so fucking sickening. It's just not even funny. So anyway, what else did I cover? Well, you know, I covered the fact that the statists are incompetent um, and that they literally exist to design mechanisms of elaborate theft and you know what's kind of funny is that despite their you know their pre their predisposition to develop a mechanism for theft it's such a fucking disaster they they actually waste a lot of what they could have stole anyway so i guess it's funny in one sense it's sad in another sense because they're so hopeless that even thieving that uh they they have to keep growing support the apparatus or the infrastructure that thieves from people, which means the parasite bloats and bloats and bloats. And you know, we're kind of getting to the point where the parasite is so large that the host is, uh, is potentially going to become smaller 
that was another position of mine, which apparently triggered people. Like, you know, my contention that the state was too large and that the state is incompetent uh, was apparently extreme for a few people. How's that playing out for you now, bro? You know, the, the whole BLM thing obviously had nothing to do with uh, race, skin color, gender, or religion, or anything like that. Um, it has everything to do with what I would today describe as the remnant versus the parasite, which is an article that I'll release um, in Bitcoin Magazine soon. But it's it's basically an extension of uh, what I wrote previously, which is Bitcoin is of the remnant, the masses don't matter. Like one of the category archetypes of people that I didn't really discuss in there was the parasites. So the two memes, one is the Dr. Evil meme, uh, and number two is which sect of society you need to focus on. And this one's really important because it helps people visualize what the difference is. It's not the rich are bad or the productive people are bad. There is a slither of society which literally act as fucking parasites and suck out the productivity. They don't add. They're not, they're not an input. They're an output. What actually pissed me off about the original comment by Aubrey is like, oh, Bitcoin fixes many things. That, that was the tweet, actually. Bitcoin fixes many things, but Bitcoin does not fix this. No, dickhead. Bitcoin does fix this because Bitcoin is neutral. Bitcoin is apolitical and Bitcoin defunds the state. It introduces a consequence and a cost to poor action. People who can go out and, I guess, just spew platitudes like what that was back then, um, I, I guess just make me sick. So anyway, moving along. It's October the 6th now when I'm recording this. So yeah, to almost a year and a half later. Uh, the world is still fighting chaotic uh, dragons. The lemmings are still wearing masks and waterboarding themselves in the fucking beach and driving alone in the car with a mask um, because it's the right thing to do. Uh, thank you, overlord, govern me harder, daddy. You know, the, the parasites are still parasiting and they're getting dumber and dumber as it goes. You know, in New Zealand, They've got the Ministry of Truth. COVID-19.govt.nz. Otherwise, dismiss anything else. We will continue to be your single source of truth. We will provide information frequently. We will share everything we can, uh, everything you are, else you see, um, a grain of salt. Uh, and so I really ask people to focus. And when you see those messages, remember that unless you hear it from us, um, it is not the truth. And I really ask people, just visit um, uh, covid19.govt.nz. It has all of the up-to-date information. And we will continue to provide everything you need to know. In Australia, you have Dan Andrews beating everyone up and telling you that you need to, uh, if you want to go out to the pub, you need to wear a mask while you're drinking alcohol. <laughs> the actual fuck, so roll that one. So you will no longer be able to remove your mask to drink a cocktail uh, at a pop-up beer garden on a footpath. You have, you know, Lord Fusitua, whatever the fuck his name is, come out pretending like he's a Bitcoiner and saying that, oh, you know, but in our country, we're going to force everyone mandate to, you know, get vaccinated. And, you know, you still got fucking Bitcoiner cucks like kissing his ass because he's a politician. Fuck you. Boycott that country. I'll never neither step foot in that place nor do business there. So I'm sorry. And guess what? You just fucking alienated the biggest and most affluent and most virtuous customers ever. What else do we have? We have this psychotic 
Asian lady, like literally, and Trudeo as well. So, so we're going to roll these two back to back. But, you know, Trudeo, if you don't want to get vaccinated, that's your choice. But don't expect to get on a train on a plane because we must protect the, un the, the vaccinated from the un... If you don't want to get vaccinated, that's your choice. But don't think you can get on a plane or a train besides vaccinated people and put them at risk. Like, man, that is, that is painful. They're literally admitting to people's face that, that the shit doesn't work um, and that the ones who need to be protected are the ones who are protected. So the unprotected should get protected so that they can protect the protected from the unprotected. Like, it is the most insane level of mental gymnastics at this point. And I mean, I don't think anybody knows what's real anymore, number one, but... You know, I really, I'm curious to see how this is going to pan out as, you know, the, the boosters are going to be really interesting. There's Dan Andrews again talking about, you know, oh, you're, you're not going to, don't think your vaccine passport is going to be, you know, about showing your two shots. You, you're going to be showing your booster shot if you want to get into, if you want to walk and, you know, have your freedom. I was like, what the fuck is going on here, man? So it's like, what's going to happen? Like what's already happening in Israel, like their little green pass with two shots going out the window now three means you're vaccinated then it's gonna be four then it's gonna be five then it's gonna be 37 like this shit is fucking insane so again was i being extreme a year and a half ago absolutely not let the results speak for themselves also you will not be allowed to access banking services in Edo state from the middle of september if you have not been vaccinated <sighs> what else um you know my overall contention of the discussion during value of bitcoin was that the only real virus has and always will be the state like the idea that there's a legalized monopoly that can thieve that can uh, create elaborate mechanisms for sucking and leeching the wealth out of a productive society and grow underneath the radar and make it feel like the prosperity that is generated from free market uh, competition and interaction, voluntary trade amongst individuals, make it feel like it's actually democracy or whatever other government state apparatus they want to you know, name that as. Um, that that was the reason why we had prosperity in the West. The follow-up to that is that Bitcoin is the vaccine. It is the only vaccine that actually matters. A couple last bits and pieces that I want to add here. Back then, there was still a little bit of a fear around, you know, what is this thing? Is it really bad and all that sort of stuff? And I mean, I said during the thing, I said, I would love to get it because I know my immune system is strong. And, and I'm pretty sure I've had it maybe once or twice and I got over it. It's fine. I'm healthy. I train. I eat well, etc. And I mean, variants have come out like vaccines don't work. Like people are being forced to take shit they don't want to take. The, the, the hospitals never got overwhelmed, but now they're like... Apparently in the greatest pandemic in the history of the world, they're like firing nurses and doctors and shit who don't want to get vaccinated. It's like they want to, the, the VAERS, whatever it's called, the vaccine adverse reactions, um, numbers have spiked. And now I understand that the number will be much larger because a much larger proportion of people uh, have been injected. Um, so, so, so that's true. But I mean, simultaneously, a lot of these numbers are really underestimated because one they're not counting it properly um number two most people don't actually report it that way and number three you actually don't know how it's going to impact your body long term like that's the big risk and that's the big unknown that people like you know morons like taleb it was a huge disappointment i mean you know he turned out to be 
huck of the century but you know they talk about complexity and they talk about you know introducing inputs into a system that you don't know what the ramifications are going to be but then they go and support putting inputs into a system that don't like with their pseudoscientific epidemiology like the epidemiology is the biggest pseudoscience of all like it's the dumbest thing that exists and they go and support that. It's, it's so fucking insane. An Australian biotech company has developed a new treatment it hopes will prevent people dying from COVID vaccines. This is the level of cringe that we've gotten to. Like, have a look at this video. We'd like to inform you that we have officially entered Florida airspace. Now that we're making our final descent, please watch this short message from Governor Ron DeSantis on COVID-19. Thereafter, everyone on board will be required to comply with the state's forever purge. We are not doing any vaccine passports in the state of Florida. We trust people to make their own decisions in this state. We are not going to be bludgeoning people with restrictions and mandates and lockdowns or any of that stuff. As Governor DeSantis stated, while you're within state lines, about Florida, right? Like people want to go to Florida, so they're trying to like literally scare people from coming into Florida as if the fucking place is gonna, as if the place is some zombie apocalypse. When in reality, the only zombie apocalypse are places like Australia, where you know, and wherever else in the world where you've got the lemmings wearing their fucking masks on the beach and inside their cars, and those who want to come out are being beaten up by the Gestapo level of the zombies. You know, the cops and the statists shooting them with rubber bullets and shit. So anyway, watch this video from Florida. Just, just cringe a little bit, please. It is against the law for private businesses or schools to mandate masks or vaccines. And you have the absolute right to infect whoever you want, whenever and wherever with COVID-19. Thank you for traveling with us. And please... Enjoy your forever purge. So anyway, time to wrap this up. It's been long enough. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm going to go on rants like this. Like I said, maybe every 20, every 50 episodes. I have a couple lined up. I have Eric Kaysen. I have Madex and Bitcoin Mechanic or Grassfit Bitcoin, uh, as people know him on Twitter. And I've got Remnant number three with me, Francis, Pablo and Gigi, which is a fucking fantastic discussion. So that's what's coming up. There's going to be a whole lot more happening as well because I've got some Bitcoiners assisting me in making these episodes better. We're going to be editing them. We're going to be playing around with them. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast to date. And yeah, there's going to be a hell of a lot more coming. See you on the next episode.